Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hello, everyone, and good morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. I hope you are enjoying your weekend. This is Isaiah 61, and yes, it is that young, handsome voice that is back again on the radio show. It is Joseph Sutton the Third, also known as Juice. I will be taking over as the chief of this show for the next two weeks but i have a special guest i have a special guest in the building and uh i'm gonna let him introduce himself uh, my name is uh joseph sutton the second i serve as pastor spirit of the lord church and he's and my guest I'm, I'm the guest today y'all think this see y'all y'all heard the intro and y'all thought this was his show but surprise he's <laughs> the guest it's my show now that's how it works <laughs> when i come around no just kidding but um we've been we've been going through this um, pretty cool series. We started this pretty cool series at church, um, and I'm gonna let my dad kind of explain that series that we've been going through. And then uh, we're basically gonna interview interview pops. You get to get to know him and uh, his life and why he does what he does and what motivates him. And uh, we're gonna be talking about that the next two episodes. So, Dad, can you give us a little? Uh... Well, we started talking uh, last week about the, thi- the the things that every believer needs, and we were looking at the first. Second Peter, chapter one. You know, add unto your faith. You know, uh, moral excellence, and then you know, moral excellence, knowledge, and, and you know how the verse progresses. Because sometimes we come into a situation, and we join a church because we like the preaching or we like the worship, and we really don't know where, where the church stands at in doctrine, and but we like those two things, so that we we stand there and go there, but. You know, you have to have a certain level yeah. level to be completed as a believer. You got to understand what it means to uh, to add unto your faith moral excellence, knowledge, you know, godliness, you know, patience. You know, those things are there to help us grow. And so, sometimes we sit in the church for years, and and we never never get beyond that salvation experience, that going up to the altar experience, and uh, and we don't we don't really really get into the word. We just go to church, and uh, and so we're, we're trying to get people to be um, to to know what they believe and why they believe. Yeah, yeah, and it's been it's been really good so far. So um, yeah, if you have nowhere to go on Sundays in the Spirit of the Lord Church, eleven a.m. services, um, come and get those tools to move forward. But um, if you've been a faithful listener of the show, then you pretty much know 
my dad or Pastor Joe. Um, but if you are new to the radio station or if you don't necessarily know my dad personally, um, this is going to be a good chance for you to get to know him um, and just kind of his past, what he's been through um, and kind of what motivates him now. So for the people who don't necessarily know you, which is probably uh, well, probably no one, but <laughs> he's pretty known all over the country. But can you just kind of share with us um, your testimony and how you became um the person that you are today as far as from a faith standpoint? Uh, my mother and her father both came out of uh, real, uh, I say, strict homes when it came to faith. And when they got to Chicago, you know, uh, couldn't, couldn't drink in Mississippi with moonshine. And they got to Chicago, they can go to nightclubs and go out and they just, they, they left their faith behind. You know, the first time I went to church was, uh, because my godfather was the pastor, and he ran the dice game, and he had won their money. And and they followed him to church to make sure he came back and shot dice afterwards so they so they had a chance to win their money back. And so they was only in church to make sure he didn't get away because yeah. he, he would have got away. And he was like, man, be cool. You know, the people don't even know what I'm doing. And, and then he got my father. He said, brother Sutton going to start the offering off like that, and my dad was hot. <laughs> You know, my mother, my mother had to drag him out to church. She said he was ready to turn the church out. That was my first church experience. I was three oh, wow. three years old. I got dragged to church just to make sure that he came back to finish <laughs> shooting dice, right? And so, uh, and and because my dad ran nightclubs and and uh, and did things like that, we weren't hanging around a church crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, then him and my mom got divorced. Uh, but before that happened, they put me in Catholic school uh, because that's just where rich. Rich, well-to-do black people did. They put their kids in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And I, and so my dad always wanted to play that rich role. So we were in Catholic school. and But my mother kept us there for the educational component. And uh, and so that was my exposure mm-hmm. to, to, to God. And I wanted I wanted to know him so much more than what they were telling me. So I snuck out of class one day. And I started going to the bathroom. And I ducked off and went up to the 7th seventh, seventh and 8th grade confirmation class because I figured they'd tell us 7th and 8th graders more about Jesus than they was telling us 1st and 2nd graders mm-hmm. and so I went up there snuck in the class and they, they had a, a alert on the school looking for me they thought I had like went out the door or somebody had grabbed me yeah. but I was sitting in the back of the class of the 7th 8th grade class trying trying to fig- find more about Jesus I just had this this draw toward him and then when I got about 13 and I just got kind of popular in the streets and and I just I spent all my time in the street, mm-hmm. and I I didn't didn't go back hardly go to church, except for maybe Christmas, and Easter, you know, yeah. see my friends. But that was it. So for for all our uh, non-urban listeners, <laughs> can you define what in the streets mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the streets. Well, in the streets for me meant uh, it meant some things I'm not gonna say on radio. <laughs> You know, what I mean, it. but uh, I put it this way: ain't ain't too much out there. I ain't done. You know, what I mean, it ain't done twice. So you, I ain't like it the first time. But uh, you know, just going out there, hustling, making money, going to parties. Uh, you know, getting I started drinking every weekend when I was like ten years old, and uh, you know, then by the time I was twelve, we was drinking all through the week, and uh, you know, went from eating donuts to to to. Uh, we didn't have 40 ounces. We had 32 ounces back then. Mm. So, you know, we did, did 32 ounces instead of a donut. 
And uh, and and that's what it was. Whatever was out there fighting, you know. I, I never was in a gang. Um, my uncle wouldn't let me join a gang, but I fought with him anyway. So I mean, I I I, I hung with him, but I fought with him and we did things. And you know, some things are funny. I laugh at, and some things I don't laugh at. Mm-hmm. You know, to get out there. But but being there, basically, I just turned my back on wanting to learn more about God and just wanted to get out there and and go. I, I, I was accepted. I was accepted. I was Big mm-hmm. Joe. You know, I was Big Joe. Yes. And all these stories are confirmed, actually. I learned a lot when I was in Chicago. <laughs> but so, like, with that that process and just going through that, because um, you said it was happening all through high school, What um, explain kind of your process from high school to college, that transition, and then kind of what how things turned around. I was always a, a, a good student. Uh, you know, I have a very high IQ. And uh, and so because of that, I clowned. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I didn't I, I I could do my work without really doing my work, and so I spent most of my time, <laughs> you know, in the street. And it, mm-hmm. My mother wouldn't play if I failed the class. I was dead, so I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't fail the class. But you know, when I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and where I wanted to go, uh, I I realized I couldn't do it <laughs> and stay home and be in the street. I couldn't. I mean. So I kind of drifted away, and college was my way of separating myself from my old self and coming to a new self. Mm-hmm. But also, when I got to college, uh, there's just a lot of things going on. You know, a lot, a lot of beliefs, a lot of comments, and uh, and and I ran up on some black conscious folks. You know, because I was always red, black, and green. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, white Afro with the pick. You know, and and then I ran up on some other kind of folks. And I ran off with some Christians. I mean, Christians, not like church folks, but these folks was, you know, they, they actually prayed every day and did stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it was just, it was a time of learning. And, but it also was a time of me you know, connecting with that part of me that always was drawn toward God, mm-hmm. that, that I just couldn't get fulfilled at where I was. You know what I mean? So, and I was, but I was always drawn toward him. I, I never... I, I never would kill anyone, you know what I mean, because I, I, I didn't feel I had the power of life and death over nobody's life. Mm. I beat the snot out of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but you, if it was me, you know, I wasn't going to go all the way on you, yeah. you know what I mean? But but it's so it's it's one of the things that when I got to college, I started looking and, and hanging out with people, seeing the realness yeah. in people, because I, I, I slept with these folks. I walked with these people, and I saw the phoniness of some folks. Me at my parties on Friday and Saturday night, and then, be at church on Sunday morning, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, as I as I I got there, I realized if if I'm gonna be what I need to be, I, I need to get to know God. Mm-hmm. And and I and I told God, I'm gonna give you one year to reveal yourself to me. And you can't do it in a church because I got tired of going to church and get mad. Yeah. And uh, and so when that year was up. Uh, one of the guys that wanted me to work for him said, the year is up, what you going to do? I said, I can't put a time limit on God. God is superior. Mm-hmm. I said, but, you know, I'm going to make my decision in, in a few weeks. <laughs> Two weeks later, I got saved. And I got saved, and, and so I didn't have to worry about making a decision of whether I was going to go work for this particular organization or not. You know, I just got taken on a whirlwind tour. Mm-hmm. You know, God just, I went from Florida to Chicago to Louisiana to Houston, 
and all these stops along the way, people who helped me, helped me build my faith up and helped me see what, what I was to come. And, and I did not want to abandon my people. Mm-hmm. And, and it was easy for me to think that my people were black people, but God showed me that, that my people are not just black people. He said, your, your folks are the people in the street. You're, they're the hustlers, the thieves, the gangbangers, mm-hmm. the drug users. You know, them, them are your people. Them are your folks. Them, them are who you identify with. And I, I met this huge Assemblies of God church, right? Mm-hmm. Like 3,000 members, right? It's like 97% white. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to find? I ain't going to find my people <laughs> over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I found I did find my people over there. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't just limited to color of skin. It was limited to attitude and things like that. And in the apartment complexes around the church, I I started evangelizing. Me and my buddy just started evangelizing and uh, and, and working with young people, men. And uh, and so we started following them in the church. We, we started piping them in. You know what I mean? We was out there with evangelism. And and then and, and and that was my cutting teeth experience. You know, it made me realize that 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 I had to get out there. I, I had to be God's answer mm-hmm. to some of the problems those folks were facing. And in the urban context, you face problems. You face the same spirits, same demons, mm-hmm. same attitudes. It's just they come wrapped in a different package. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not gonna have no two thousand dollar day cocaine habit in the hood because they two thousand dollar worth of stuff. Still, everybody, yeah. you get every TV in the neighborhood. The next day, you yeah. they gonna get high, <laughs> you know. So it's just it's certain things and and and, and limitations. And I and I and I understood and, and helping other people understand that gap. You know, I mean, I passed the friends that couldn't understand why they, you know, their sons and daughters would, you know, would would turn toward street life. Mm-hmm. You know, getting high. I don't care whether it's crack, meth, whatever it is. And you know, and how do you go in there? And how how do you how do you short how do you stop it? But another thing, how you deal with it? How you how do you minister to them? How you pray with them? Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they come out of that. You know, what I mean, you know, they come out of that and it's and it's there. So, yeah, that 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 was my my call. You know, that that was that was that was that's what separated me from everyone else. Yeah, it's it's so dope because you know I've I've heard this. You like, so I, dope. I said it. It's oh. so dope. <laughs> I mean the pun. The pun was awkwardly timed. Yes, that, that was my fault. But <laughs> but um, I just like I I hear your testimony so many times, and and like it always is encouraging to me. Um, and I'm pretty sure it encourages whoever you know listens to it just to see like how far you because it's like everybody has gone through something. Everybody goes through things. Um, and you you were talking about how you you had that transformation in college where, um. You gave God a year, and then um, it was coming to an end. And then two weeks later, you experienced that. Um, and I, I and I, I, I like I like the story of how you experienced that. So could you like just kind of go walk us through kind of like the, you know, the radio version of, <laughs> <laughs> of what happened in that experience? Where well, it's it was, it was pretty clean. That's it's how it's how I, I met. That's how, <laughs> how I met your mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, true. Yeah. So I was uh, really, I had just left Louisiana. His, his family in Louisiana always prayed for me. Uh, and uh, a little church of God in Christ in Rain, Louisiana. And uh, they always prayed for me. And uh, and, and I, I leaned on those prayers. And I was down there for Memorial Day. And it was, the Memorial Day was the weekend. It was, it, it, time, so it was up with God. 
Mm-hmm. You know, time was up. And uh, and so I was coming back from Houston. And I stopped in rain to just say hello. And uh, they said, well, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray that you find somebody that can share the gospel with you. Mm-hmm. And when I got back, I went over uh, I went over your mom's apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll take a break. Yeah. And I come back and finish the story. Yeah, everybody's like, you went to the mom's apartment. What happened after that? <laughs> You'll find out when we get back from the break. You're tuned in to Isaiah 61. Yeah, because he's intentional. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible teachers and ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Yo, yo, yo I don't know why I said that I just feel like the rap music was kind of putting me on um, Welcome, welcome to Isaiah 61 This is actually one of my favorite songs um, But yeah, welcome back to Isaiah 61 um, If you are just now tuning in, we are Breaking down my guest, aka Pastor Joe Sutton, aka my pops. Um, he was sharing his testimony, um, and it's a very, very powerful testimony. Um, and it, it leads us into a two part um, segment that we are going into of the um, just things you need um, walking through faith. And uh, so my dad was sharing his testimony, and he was getting to a really, really juicy part before <laughs> we went on break. Um, and so he was sharing with he was basically sharing his experience that he had um, that eventually uh, converted him over to Christianity. That's the that's the uh, theological way to say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you um, if you're just now tuning in, he basically was saying um, he was in Louisiana and uh, he met my mom's. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. Well, when I, like I said, when I got back from Louisiana, I. I I remember t- talking to Layla, my wife, down, and she was saying, my mother, you know, is in town. And I said, oh, let me meet your mom, you know what I mean? Because we used to play softball together. Never no interest or anything like that. She's mm-hmm. a little too slow for me. She went to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I was just warming up at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Right. You know, so it was like, so but, So I said, I will come by and meet your mom. So I go by there. That I, I was getting ready to go play putt-putt. You know, I used to play a little little putt-putt league, and I was going to go play putt-putt. Mm. And I put on my Arnold Palmer hat and go, go whack somebody. And I said, let me stop by see Layla's mom. So I, I I knock on the door, and I go in, and they're all sitting around with Bibles on their lap. Mm. And and I go like, maybe this is the answer to prayer. 
Yeah. Somebody's going to help me with the Bible, right? So I come in the door and and uh, they closed the Bibles up because I came in, and, you know, and uh, uh, Minister Grace, who's now my mother-in-law, was very cordial. She said, oh, not fine. What's your major? You know, the typical question you ask somebody, what's your major? You have a job yet? You know, where are you going to live at? And they asked me, she asked me questions like that. And I'm asking her questions about the Bible. Like, y'all studying the Bible now? Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the Bible? And she said, it's quite obvious yeah, that you're trying to turn the conversation toward the Bible. Mm. And and she said, she said, are you saved? I said, no. But I want to be. I said, can I come by and study the Bible with you? She said, yeah, you can come by tomorrow. I said, I can, for real? <laughs> Thank you. Got up. I was so geeked. I ran from one side of town to the other. Cause I used to run a lot back in those days. I just, mm-hmm. I, so I leave my car and I just take off on a jog, right? And now my knees can't even take me to the store. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, but you know, I I ran there and I was all happy. And my buddy, that's what you geeked about. And the next day, I went over there. Couldn't wait to go over there. At the time, she told me to come by, and I came by there. It's like seven o'clock, and she started going through the you know, thing. I'm like. I just want to know Jesus. She said, okay, uh, do you want to make Jesus Lord of your... And I said, yep. When you let her get life out? I said, yep. <laughs> I said, yeah, everything she said. I said, yeah. She said, you're not letting me finish. I said, I want it all. And then I got hit. I got hit. The Spirit of God fell on me. Uh, they said I was out for three hours. I was out for three hours, you know. And, uh, and, and, and while I was out, I had a vision. And I guess it must have been obvious that I was looking at something. But I could see a Bible tumbling out of the sky. I could see it tumbling down. And she asked me, can you read you, you read where it's at? Mm-hmm. And I said, it's John chapter 5. And she said, what does it say? And and I read it from the vision. I didn't I didn't open up a Bible. I read it from the vision. You know, it, it, was, it was what it, the scripture was. It said, go forth and sin no more mm-hmm. or worse things will come upon thee. Right. Wow. And 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 that's why I you didn't have to tell me about holiness. Mm-hmm. You know that verse right there. I didn't want worse things to happen to me. I had some things happen to me already. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the worse. Yeah. You know to add to it. So I I said I said I'm straight. I'm retired. You know I I got up the next day. Uh, I was a DJ. I gave away all my albums. I gave away all my stereo equipment. All my speakers. Yeah. All my everything, people run down there. Can you better go get some food? Giving away everything, yeah. and, and but you got a lot of people happy. Yeah, they were happy, you know. And uh, it's so funny. My buddy took he took most of the stuff, and and kept it, and then gave it back to me later on. Mm-hmm. He said, Cause "I figure you're gonna need it when you're trying to reach young people." He gave it back to me. The speakers that y'all tore up, the mixing board that. <laughs> that was the mixing board and speaker. My memory can't recall. You can't recall that when y'all <laughs> y'all was out of tearing up the speakers in the mixer I gave you. But uh, but no, it, and it was just one of the things that when it happened, it it, it I knew that I had to go off, and I just, I knew I could never pay God back for what He did for me. Mm. But I knew that that I had to do something. I had to do some. I had to serve Him some kind of way. And the thing that that stuck with me the most is my Catholic Church. You know. When when our neighborhood changed colors, the white Baptists sold their church to black Baptists, the white Pentecostals sold their church to black Pentecostals, and they all ran out the neighborhood. And the only ones who stayed in the neighborhood was the Catholic Church. Mm. 
They stayed in the neighborhood. And, and those white nuns and priests ministered to us, and we respected them, and we protected them. Yeah, I mean, and, and nobody could do anything at the church. Church and school were off limits. Any gang activity, anything like that, no jumping, no nothing. You know, and, and uh, they were always available. Always available. I, I, I don't understand how we as pastors have gotten so professional that nobody can come by our house and visit. Mm-hmm. That's they call it a, you know, special invite yeah. to the inner circle, and those nuns and priests, man, I I knock on their door all the time. If I went by the priest place, he give you ice cold coke. Sit down, talk to you. I go to the, the, the convent, they'd be baking cookies or cakes. Or, they may have some lasagna, but we were free to free to go in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, we were free to go in and out, and I said that's how I'm gonna be. You know that's how I am. My my yeah. house, my door is always open. It's free, free to go in and out. I'm always available, and 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 they touch me, and now I'm, I'm trying to touch up. Well, as you can see, the music is queued in, and uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Isaiah 61. Next week, we're going to touch on what motivates my pops to do what he does, and kind of also the the struggles and health issues that come with the ministry. Um, so make sure you guys are tuning in same time same place next week it's your boy juice and my guest pastor joe Sutton, who used to own this show but now he doesn't because it's all me but we'll see you next week